You're listening to Ari Snapshots, where each fortnight we chat about the science behind the weeds and decode some of the trickier concepts which crop up. Today we're chatting with Darling Downs-based consultant from Pulse Ag Consulting, Kerry McKenzie. He's done work on Pulse Crop Agronomy and the implications for weed competition, and he's going to give us an overview of the results out of trials done in the Darling Downs and Emerald regions. Firstly, though, how are you going, Kerry? Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jess. Uh, yeah, very well today. Happy to be speaking to you. Excellent. So you've done some previous agronomy work which helped inform researchers from the University of Queensland, Gulshan Mahajan and Sunny Chuan on ways to give chickpea crops a competitive advantage against annual ryegrass and we recently reported on that in Ari Insight. Can you just tell us what these results show generally? Yes, I was involved with a GRDC funded project around um, pulse agronomy for the northern region so we were looking at various pulse crops uh, in Queensland, uh, chickpeas, sabre beans, mung beans and soybeans. And at the start of the project, it was decided that it was going to be the easier agronomy questions to answer with new varieties and new farming that had been done for 20 years. So uh, there was a lot of work around row spacing and plant population. After a couple of years of getting some good results, from a yield perspective, I was approached by Bagarath from Coffee, as he had had some insights around the work that he'd done previously with competition. And because our yield results were working quite well in pulses, he was looking to extend that and see the benefits from a weed competition point of view as well. You've done lots of roast basing work on several crops, including chickpeas, faba beans, soybeans, and mung beans. What practical information came from this work that could be applied by agros and growers? So across all of those crops, the story was similar. A lot of our row spacing work we were doing at various row spacings of 25, 50. We had some trials with 75 centimetres, but not all of them, and one metre row spacing. And as a general rule of thumb across all those crops, the closer you got the rows together, the more yield you would get. When we looked at it from each individual crop, the amount of yield benefit was varied, but generally it didn't matter what the season was, you would always get a yield benefit the closer you got the rows together. From a practical point of view, a lot of people are concerned with having closer rows in pulses from a disease, stubble handling ability, etc. When we looked at several site years uh, of crops, the statistics would suggest there's probably not a lot of difference in yield across all of those between 25 and 50 centimetres. So you probably still get a yield benefit at a 50 centimetre row spacing as compared to the wider one metres. So for those that are concerned about disease or being able to handle stubble at planting, etc., a 50 centimetre row spacing would be adequate. However, to get the maximum benefit from changing row spacing, getting them closer together would still be better. All right, Kerry. Well, let's talk now about yield and nitrogen benefits you discovered for each of the uh, the crops that we've discussed, and we'll go through them one by one. So, firstly, what did you find for chickpeas? Well, the crop getting the rows closest together had the always gave us a benefit, and it didn't matter the season. So, for example, in one year, a very good chickpea year in uh, two thousand and fourteen, I think it was. A 25 centimetres, we got a peak yield of 4.5 tonnes to the hectare. However, at a metre, there was almost a tonne yield difference in chickpeas. So they were only yielding about the 3.6 tonnes per hectare. 
So that's a huge yield benefit for the same plant population saying seed input mm. and the other input is the same. Uh, it's just changing that growth space. Yeah, wow. And to add to that, even in years or sites where the yield potential is not quite as high, so out at, let's say, the same year out at Gundawindi, at 25 centimetres, the yield was 1.9 tonnes per hectare, but at a metre, it had dropped by 300 kilos to 1.6 tonnes per hectare. So we're still seeing that benefit didn't matter what the season or the site, you still get a benefit. Yeah, excellent. And what about favour beans? Favour beans, again, very similar. We've got the uh, same effects of growth spacing there, having a big difference in yields. And again, whether it's a high-yielding site or a low-yielding site, it just changes the percent benefit. So we had two years in a row at Garar, which is just north of Moree, where in a really good year of 2014, at 25 centimetres, they yielded five and a half tonnes per hectare, or close enough to, whereas at a metre, they were down to about 3.2 tonnes. At that same site, the following year, not quite as good. Our peak yield was at 25 or 50 centimetres, not much difference between them at three and a half tonnes, but still nearly a tonne per hectare drop-off planted out on a metre road. Yeah, right. And Winelli, we're halfway through. What about soybeans? What do you find there? We didn't have as many trials of soybeans uh, across this project, but again, we would see the same sorts of benefits. We had a very high-yielding site I mean, uh, down near Warwick where there was nearly 800 kilos difference between 25 centimetres and a metre, whereas a lower-yielding site just west of Toowoomba the year before, that benefit might have only been two to 300 kilos, but it still worked out at a benefit when the site average was only about 1.6 tonnes per hectare. And finally, mung beans, what did you find? Yeah, mung beans is a much shorter crop, smaller crop, and I think people are aware that if you got your rows closer together, you'd always see a benefit. At our best yielding site, there was nearly 900 kilos difference between 25 centimetres and a metre. Mung beans is a crop for the last few years have been working out at about a dollar a kilo, so $900 potential extra profit in the pocket by getting your rows closer together. At one of our lowest yielding sites, out of Gundawindi, the site average only about half a tonne per hectare. There was still 50 kilos to the hectare benefit, like 25 centimetres over a metre. Yeah, right. So it just doesn't seem to matter the, the crop or the pulse crop or the, or the season. There's always that little bit of benefit by getting your rows closer together. But as I stated earlier, Statistically, across all of these sites and crops, there's probably not a huge amount of difference between 25 and 50. Um, so you'll get the benefit probably even at 50. You just may not get the peak yield in those higher potential years. Yeah, okay. Interesting. And, Kerry, you've worked on trials in both the Darling Downs and Emerald. Were there any significant differences between the two regions which really stood out to you? Uh, yeah, Emerald just due to its temperature and day lengths, etc., a bit hotter, warmer climate. They didn't seem to get the big yield benefits in those lower yielding seasons. So in a season where a chickpea crop might have only yielded approximately two tonnes per hectare, you probably weren't seeing those benefits of the narrow rows until you got to a higher yielding potential up there. And similar with mung beans, you'd have to be in a much higher yielding 
season. I think the cutoff from memory was around about that one and a half tonnes per hectare. Once you got to that sort of yield potential, then you'd see some great benefits of going to 25 centimetres over the wider rows. But in general, a 50 to a metre in in emerald on a lower yielding potential would probably still give you the maximum potential in that environment. Okay, well, that's uh, that's a really great overview, Kerry. Really appreciate it. Is there any other final comments you wanted to make about these trials that you think would be helpful for listeners? The other benefit that we did see, because we're producing more biomass in these narrow row spacings, uh, there's a direct correlation between producing biomass and nitrogen fixed. So to produce the higher biomass, the crop needs to produce more nitrogen, and generally that's where we did test some of these uh, projects that worked alongside of this we did see some additional nitrogen being fixed which could be returned to the system uh, wasn't all being exported in the grain so there's, there's an added benefit of potentially fixing some more nitrogen producing some more yield and as we've since found with the weeds work reducing weed competition and weed seed set as well well thank you so much Kerry really appreciate you taking the time and explaining those trial results for us really value your input thank you so much very good thanks for that too.